0: listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy this morning's show on stay in the loop with Lucy is all about decluttering now if you haven't joined us before this is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences their decision-making and their subsequent consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can then choose to apply the relevant aspect in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving, and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Now, as I said, this show is about decluttering, mm-hmm. And we can make decluttering about our buildings, about our homes, about the extremes of the mess that we see. So how much are we doing behind closed doors, putting a face onto the world, because those are the extremes, obviously. How much are we putting a face onto the world, but inside our homes, inside our lives, Perhaps even as we'll discover inside our own bodies there is a little less attention to detail what do we think of when we say decluttering again might be a messy house collecting things to uh, and and that might be um, teapots it might be clothes it might be magazines. Um, Do we do it because we want to fit into someone else's picture of what's a good life? We might collect furniture because we feel that the house is too empty without it or we're looking for a particular feel in the house and we think that getting that particular sofa is going to do it. You know, we might collect televisions, we might collect digital devices, we might... I mean, how many mobile phones have people got in their their old mobile phones have they got in their drawers that they're not using anymore? But also we have to think, what about buying food? Um, Do we create clutter and extra mess and unnecessary extras in the house from collecting things that we don't really need? My husband always tells me that, you know, there's going to be a great tuna famine, but I'm going to be okay. Because I certainly I used to buy like extra tins of tuna just in case, because it was my go-to snack. Collecting knickknacks, uh, my grandfather loved owls. Well, I thought he loved owls. He was the most wise person in my life. Between him and my grandmother, um, and like in fact, the wisdom of age. My grand, my great grandmother, she was super wise as well. And I just remember. I just associate owls with wisdom. And so I everywhere I would go, I would, you know, find an owl and send it and make an owl and send it. And I was lucky enough to be given one of the owls that I made back from my grandfather when he passed. I dread to think what happened to them all. They were probably all thrown away. They, they all came out when I went round, which was quite funny, but hey um but you know do we have cupboards full of clothes that we don't wear i reckon we do i reckon that your cupboard is no better than my cupboard <laughs> or at least my cupboard was before i met the woman who is going to talk to us about decluttering jenny hayes is um has a has a business in the uk She worked with me on Skype. I'm going to tell you more about her as we go through the show. But she's coming out to Australia and she's going to come and be a guest in the studio with me. So I wanted to to introduce you to her in this way so we can start a foundation so you can see what she does, why she's coming and why I am absolutely passionate about what she's sharing because having given it a go in my life... When I really didn't think I had anything to declutter, because I was pretty ordered. Well, actually, I didn't think I had anything to declutter, but the rest of my family might have had a different opinion. Certainly, my husband would have had a different opinion. He'd he'd smile hearing me say, "I didn't think I had a problem. I didn't think I had a, had too much stuff." Anyway, she changed the way. I viewed everything um, and it had a massive effect on my physical and on my mental health. So I hope through this show I will be able to share the gorgeousness of that with you and some of the areas that perhaps I didn't think um, was... I didn't think it was an issue uh, that ended up being an issue. I would just really love to share with you some of the quirks, I guess, of what I discovered with Jenny Hayes. You help people work through some of the clutter that they have in their life. <laughs> and I'm guessing that that would be emotional and physical clutter, but what kind of physical clutter do you see um, in the homes that you go into? so first
1: i would want to ask you what do you feel
0: physical clutter is uh well i grew up with a beautiful (coughs) mum who um thought that keeping every magazine just in case there was an article that she wanted in it was normal and so we had piles of magazines everywhere it was very uh french chic Um, and yet when i tried to do that with my husband he said it was clutter i thought it was classy and stylish, because they were good magazines, he thought it was rubbish. So I, I'm realising that what what is precious to one person is clearly not precious to another. And what's treasured for one person might be rubbish to another.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And this is something which it, it's always really good to understand and recognise from the outset. And when people begin this process for themselves they they begin very easily and as they make their own things you kind of you get really excited because you're feeling the difference and then you just naturally want to take over and do the whole house or or wherever it is you're living your office space or or your wardrobe but it's very important to keep it to your own possessions because like you say one person's clutter is another person's gold and I think it comes from what we each value and what's important to us that's where we think it comes from but as you start doing the process yourself you soon realize that actually there's more going on than that and we we realize we've been tricked in life a few times and there are other factors which contribute to why we have the amount of things and possessions that we do in the end, basically.
0: What when you say there are things that happen that trick us, what what can you give us an example of that?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely I can. There are there are many things we kind of get suckered into even. Like we're all very aware that we live in a very consumer based society now. And even if we look statistically at um, even America, they're, they're high on stats. And so uh, even these statistics are, are quite old now. But for example, in 1983, the America spent 100 million pounds on marketing, kids, toys, and by 2006, that went up to $17 billion. And that that's over 10 years ago. So mm. who knows what it is now? And if we're constantly bombarded with these pictures, with these adverts, and we're kind of told we need the next thing, and this will help us in life, and uh, to kind of keep up with the Joneses, this is this is what your life should look like. And so it's very easy for us because that's around us all the time, for us to take that on. So that's that's a big one. Um, and that really plays on our our values and what we truly think success is. And also uh, alongside that, if we look at fashion, for example, like 30 years ago, our wardrobes were very much smaller and and if you look at um, the retail industry there was very seasonal changes and you'd have a spring summer collection and an autumn winter collection whereas nowadays there are new things coming into the store every single week Mm. so we're constantly being asked to look at what's new and we're being sold the next story
0: and it's an image as well isn't it i can really see how you're sold an image of what you need at home so either it's you know french chic or it's greek or it's you know you've got that that homely feel where everyone's got pillows and cushions everywhere or all of a sudden pillows and cushions are out and they all go <laughs> in a cupboard um y- you know it's either bedspreads or no bedspreads I, I, but also the the electronics aren't built to last longer than three years so or sometimes less with those kids toys it's they're really not built to last so it's a lot of waste but very often we won't Mm -hmm. throw it away because we've invested our money in it
1: yeah and this is something that comes up with pretty much all of the clients that I work with and I think really that's that's the main reason why a lot of people don't go there themselves because even myself, I, I've done this process and and I'm I constantly refine the way I live and what I I look at, what's in our home, what's in my wardrobe, um, not to be critical on myself or anything, but just to really support me in how I live. And it's really uh, you know, I can. It's not nice, basically, to sometimes look at how much you've spent and how much, you know, time and energy you've invested in these things. Mm. And so often we end up, you know, moving everything to the attic or the garage. And we kind of, by doing that, it's kind of out of sight, out, out of mind. But it's still there. And so to actually really fully embrace the process, you have to look at all of those things. And that can be quite difficult sometimes, you know, and and they say that we only wear 20% of our wardrobe 80% of the time. And, and again, there are stats to, to back this up. And likewise in the, in the home, you know, when they do those kind of infrared, um, see where the body is in the home and only 40% of the actual home space is used. And so that's really interesting because we're, we're kind of, we're not used to having space around us and we tend to want to fill it. And so that's a key thing that
0: tends to happen. Wow, uh, that, I'm, I'm a bit dumbfounded by those statistics for the infrared and I just keep yeah. thinking around our house and thinking, you're right, actually, we could probably live in three rooms in the house.
1: Mm, And it's all about flow as well. And actually, you can use the space more efficiently. And it's the same with your wardrobe. When you do a full wardrobe session and you may end up with less clothes, and it isn't always the case, but you may end up with fewer clothes, but you love them more and you wear them more passionately. And the same with your home. You might take things out and you might reconfigure it, but you might end up introducing a flow that wasn't there before and you'll start using this space. Mm. But likewise, people often they'll let go of items and and furniture or whatever it may be. And they realize actually, like you say, you don't need that many rooms in your house. And so actually you can downsize Mm. and you end up saving a lot more money
0: because of this what happens with things that you know if you're if you're in a relationship with someone and you would like to get rid of it and they don't how do you negotiate that (laughs) (laughs) it's such a classic question um
1: and and it's really interesting i always ask whoever i'm working with to let everyone in their household know that they're going through this process um i always say you can't touch someone else's things for sure. You do the process and you do it with your belongings first, because that's what what you're basically, you're taking responsibility for yourself first. And then often you're, the others around you will be really inspired and they will slowly do it for themselves because you'll find that as you become clearer and you become your time becomes more efficiently used as well once you clear your, your physical stuff. Mm. And you're much more grounded In your you'll begin to start dealing with things, making clearer choices, getting on top of your work, like your whole life changes and everyone around you will feel that and they'll see the difference. And then not only that, their stuff, if it is a mess, will become more apparent In a mess, and they might want to do something for themselves.
0: There is going to be a theme through today. We're going to be talking spring, we're going to be talking be the change you want to see, we're going to be talking why wait. Because, hey, you know, I wonder if the impulse to clean and clear out and the impulse to hoard or the impulse to hunker down comes in part from the the weather, in part from what's going on in the world, in part from a safety aspect of what's going on in our lives. I reckon that hoarding or keeping um, and not wanting to give things away or throw things away comes from something psychological that's entirely logical to the person who's doing it now as you know a lot of this show is about me discovering things in my life and then sharing that with you so i when i'm sharing i'm sharing from i guess a lived experience in my body of what works and doesn't work there are some shows where that doesn't apply but on the whole i don't profess to know everything i'm a real questioner I want to know why I do the things that I do. I'm just not at ease in my body if I just do things because that is the thing to do or that's because what we should do. And I really feel that as I've done that and as I've discovered that, I've discovered that there are are logical reasons for why I'm doing, but there are logical reasons from why I'm doing things that are entirely dysfunctional and contributing to the things that are in my life that I actually complain about. So I have an enormous amount of accountability for how my life is and how my life's playing out. And sometimes that's really hard to go to because there is an unwillingness well an overwhelm I would guess to know where to start once you start thinking actually that might be contributing so let's go there with clutter let's actually look at what what, where we could start I guess and where the simple ways are to start and relate it to the weather are there things that you do now it's cold we have to actually pay more attention to putting more clothes on to being warmer um, so we we Bulk ourselves up. Do we bulk ourselves up internally as well? Do we eat more when we're cold? Physiologically, we are going to need more fuel because our body is going to have some internal workings going on that that heat um, our body. Are people who have more weight on them, so uh, more muscle on them, or more fat on them, are they warmer generally than those that don't? All of these things worth thinking about. So we can look at what, what we can declutter, what we could look at in our lives. So much to think about on a Sunday morning, don't you reckon? Or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Who knows? But the awesome listeners of Triple H, you get to listen live. Lucky you, because you have the whole of the rest of the day to contemplate what you might do with your day. And perhaps, just perhaps, you might look around and consider whether your messy house needs a tidy, your messy cupboards need a clear out, and please do not go and start it all in one day because otherwise you exhaust yourself for Monday. By the end of this show, I'll give you top tips on where to start. We are going to cover clothes and what happens or what your wardrobe looks like. Jenny just before spoke about the size of the wardrobes in the 40s and 50s. They were so much smaller. Very often they weren't built in. They were those standalone wardrobes. And they had probably, they certainly weren't an arm span. They were more likely one arm span's worth. But you think about it. It's not wide, Right. It's not wide because there was an understanding how many clothes do you need if you only use 20% of your wardrobe and you wear that 80% of the time, how many clothes do you actually need? I have been talking about cluttering this morning. What's your desk looking like at the moment? If you just sit where you're sitting and just gaze around, are there things that are out of place? Is it messy? How does it feel? How does it look? Would you be happy with bringing anybody into this space right now? Or is there something you go, oh, I wouldn't want them to see that. Oh, that's a bit messy. Oh, they would see so much about me. All worth thinking about, isn't it? How, How transparently are we prepared to live? In the first part of the show, that was really very much what we what we covered we talked to um, my guest Jenny Hayes from Bright Blue Sunshine about why we clutter one person's clutter might be another person's gold how do we live with other people it's an interesting point about not being used to the space around us as well and how we fill it if we're uh, what do we do with space I really sat with that when she said that. I wondered, well, how do we respond to space being in our lives? Does it, does it worry us because we're so used to our lives being so full, so many activities that when there is space, we freak out? Hmm. And what happens when we come to the wardrobe? We're decluttering the inside and the outside of our life this morning. Are you being choosy about your clothes? Are you waiting to buy just the right clothes? Or do you have a wardrobe full of clothes that perhaps don't flatter you?
1: It's very interesting clothes. You know, it's something we have to do every day unless we're living on a tropical, deserted beach in a really lovely climate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, but often, we don't really think about it or we think about it potentially for the wrong reasons. Like we were talking about earlier, like an ideal or a picture or, oh, I must wear this or I should wear that rather than really kind of feeling who am I and what do I feel like wearing and what supports me today? What in whatever I may be doing. And so I, I began doing this work a few a few years ago, and I used to um, manage Jigsaw in England, and I loved their stuff anyway. And when I first started, I was so excited that I would get my free uniform on my first season. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I went in and I picked up all the things that I absolutely loved. and And I came away happy as Larry. And then over the season I realised that they just didn't look as good as that I wanted them to or they didn't look on me like they looked like on the models or there was basically just a difference, a gap between what I thought I, well I, I loved the items but they just didn't look the same on me and I didn't feel the same as what I thought the look was. So the next season round, I decided I wasn't going to pick all the things that I loved. And actually, I was going to pick everything that looked amazing on me. So that season, I picked all the things that looked amazing on me. And everyone would say, wow, you look incredible and da-da-da-da-da. But I never felt like me. not Like sometimes, but I just didn't feel like me. You know, I'd have like a tight pencil skirt on. And yeah, I might have looked really good in it, but... it just didn't feel like me. And so that was a, then the next season I was like, right, I'm not doing that anymore. And then for me, that's where I really started to develop and trust and really look at who I was and, and let it grow. And so I would try new things on and that's where I really honed this kind of sense of who I am and, just went with that when I got dressed. And it's grown from
0: there. Wow. So that that's a great process to go through. And it really makes you think about everything in your wardrobe, doesn't it? Because it's not, it, it doesn't actually matter if it's not from the most expensive shop, but how it feels and how you feel in it, how it feels on you, those things are important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, when I do this process with clients, it's very easy to get, again, trapped into like, for example, I have one of my favorite cardigans is a 50p cardigan that I bought in a car boot sale over 20 years ago. It's still amazing condition and I love it. And yet I'll have something else that, you know, maybe is a hundred pounds and I love equally. So... It it really doesn't matter about the price and it really doesn't matter equally about how long you've had the item or you know how recently you bought it it those things don't matter and and likewise one thing that used to this is an example of something where we can again kind of get trapped or suck it in people often go and maybe get their colors done or something like that which can seem quite supportive but at the same time, you can become very blinkered in doing, in doing things like that because you're not allowing yourself the space each and every morning or whenever it is you get dressed to go, how do I feel, what do I feel like wearing? Because sometimes I might feel like wearing yellow and sometimes I might feel like wearing black. And there's no right or wrong about that. That's just in each moment, I'm actually really honouring what I'm feeling and what's needed. And so now for me, um, as I feel I've really mastered this now, you know, over the years, Mm. when I wake up in the morning, I never think about what I need to wear or, or what I want to wear. There's always a consideration, like if I'm going out, will I be cold and I'll take some extra layers or, you know, practical things like that. But I'll just look and I just know in my body what to wear Mm. and sometimes I'll put it on and I'll go that's a little bit strange I wonder why you know I've chosen that and it didn't come mentally oh I'm going to wear that it's just like in my body I just know I've got to wear that today and then somewhere within my day it will become apparent why I was meant to wear that today and um, people will say oh wow you know like I love the delicacy of that or the intricacy of that and And that's what I have found is that normally it opens up with a conversation with someone else that perhaps I wouldn't have before or it makes someone smile or something like that. And I find that really magical.
0: From my experience of doing it with you, I was left with very few things in my wardrobe, which gave me a slight panic attack at the time I was going, okay. But I actually also trusted and knew that it was completely right. and and there was, looking back on it, I think I probably missed uh, one, maybe two pairs of shoes, um, both of which were very butch shoes. And I just, I actually wanted to wear them when we went skiing because I wanted my feet to be warm and I hadn't replaced the boots. So what I should mm. have done is kept those boots and actually been very strict with myself and only worn them you know if we went somewhere like that whereas in fact we went skiing I had my trainers and my trainers were fine because when I wasn't wearing my trainers I was wearing my ski boots so for what I thought I needed and I really should have had that I ended up being really surprised at how little I did need what I thought I couldn't live without.
1: Mm. And it is incredible you know like the stats uh, are there and they're not made up and it's not that we have to run by them but it's always really interesting to have that in the back of your head and I'm not a minimalist but I also have learned that actually we don't need half as much as we think we need mm. and even not even me but you know like people often say wow you've got such a small wardrobe but I don't even wear half the things in my wardrobe most yes. of the time yeah. so it It is, you know, you do learn and you do realise that actually we don't need most of what we have. And you learn, more importantly, because it's not about, you know, how much you've got rid of, it's about what's left and what's of true value. And really that's where the focus of the conversation should be. And it tends to be you know in the press about how much you may have got rid of but actually it's about the value of what you're left with and you you really begin to appreciate the things that you have and not only the the physical stuff but actually that trickles out then into your relationships um your work and and your movements in general and you start to choose things that actually you value and likewise start spending more time with the people that value you and it, it just is a, a beautiful circle, really, that just keeps feeding
0: itself. Spring cleaning, clearing out, but why wait, I say. Why wait for spring to be able to do this spring clean? What is it about spring? It's the waking up. It's the coming out of hiding. It's the engaging in the world. So... What if we had the opportunity to wake up, to open our eyes, to see what is there to be seen? Are there clothes in your wardrobe that hide who you are? Do you actually know what your style is? What suits you? What doesn't suit you? What you hide in? All of this affects our mental health and our physical health. If we wear a lot of clothes that hide us, we actually are more likely to eat food that hides us as well. And that has health implications. Even wearing the clothes that hide us have health implications because we have lower self-esteem. So, you know, it might be just clearing out the wardrobe, but don't underestimate the ripple effect. When I cleared out my wardrobe it had a massive effect on my body I loved what I wore and I was more confident when I went out I was more at ease I didn't worry about whether people liked what I was wearing or not which I must have done before because I actually clocked that I didn't I wasn't worried about it Um, yeah it was fascinating it's fascinating and you don't know what hang-ups you have or what issues you have going on around you without actually being open and being a little bit of investigator and being a bit inquisitive that perhaps maybe you don't see everything that is there. It's that I valued things so much more. I touched them, I held them in a different way. I um, held myself in a different way i i'd, I'd um, the underwear that was left was my favorite underwear that I would always save and so each time I wore it under my clothes, I felt so special, and I laughed at how I had denied myself feeling this special so much before, so it really i I, I totally agree I almost you peeled me back to my essence of who I am and let me glow without apology does that make sense
1: Mm, absolutely and and you just brought up a great thing and and that's something that's very kind of entrenched in us we we're living in a millennia you know like a lot of people have been brought up through war and we've got that kind of scarcity and that fear and the what if and just in case and, and that's kind of quite deeply rooted in a lot of us. And I remember, um, you know, quite vividly, that was one of the things that made me stop and change my choices and my movements was when my grandmother died and she was probably, well, she was definitely one of the closest people to me. And I loved her to bits and she was incredible. And for her birthday or for Christmases, she would always ask us for a beautiful soap. And so we would give her a beautiful soap that smelt lovely. And when she died and we were clearing her house, we found she had this um chest and it was full of all these soaps. Oh my goodness. And it just brought me to tears because she loved these soaps. They like, you know when you give someone a present and you can tell like yeah. it means everything yeah. to them and she absolutely loved it. And, you know, she wouldn't have asked us for it if she didn't love it either. You know, yes. she wasn't just being greedy. But it broke my heart that actually she'd stored them all in this and she hadn't used them and actually for me it was great because i was like whoa i'm not doing that and it it stopped it put a stop to that in me because as well i realized i was doing the same and there were things that i would save for best and you know like you might wear an outfit to a wedding and then it it kind of stays there for maybe the next wedding or Mm. the next something but Mm. The reality is, it, by that time, you might have changed anyway and, you, you you know, your physical body shape might have changed or just who you are, you won't necessarily like those things anymore, you're in a different space and a yes. different place in time as well. Yeah. And so I always say to people now, and I, this is how I live as well, like, all my stuff, it's all of equal importance, and it's all for every single time of yeah. the day of the year. And it's much more liberating and you actually use your things and like you said earlier you're much more responsive to them and you really appreciate and value them
0: can i ask if you use more accessories so if you if you have fewer clothes and say for example they're quite simple would you encourage people to then you because I have a whole load of accessories I don't use I'm kind of looking forward to you coming over and showing mm. me how I can mix and match some accessories
1: yeah and so again I <laughs> I use this kind of it's not a rule but you know in our layman terms I think the same rule of thumb for everything and I don't treat accessories any different than I would treat my socks you know it they they earn their place in my wardrobe if I love them and if you know I feel you know they spark joy in me like I I love them and not only that I feel that they they don't kind of hold me back at all or I don't feel heavy like that's one of the major things for me I like to feel pretty much like I'm not wearing anything when I wear my clothes. I, I can't have any level of discomfort. Um, and there are some things that I have tried repeatedly, um, for example, wearing underwired bras. And I love I love the idea of them. I think they're really beautiful. But for me, I can't do it. And the same with high heel shoes. I just can't do it. So I, I've i that actually just, that's not me. So I don't go there anymore. And there are some clients that I've worked with that kind of as well it's we're kind of sold that you kind of need a pair of, as women particularly you need a pair of jeans and you need a pair of shorts and you need a skirt and you need a dress and yet we're not all those kind of women that need all those things or that actually suit all those things or feel good in all those things some people are skirt people some people are trouser people and that's okay you don't need to kind of give in to the fact that, oh, you know, everyone needs a pair of jeans, you know, like it doesn't need to be that way. And it's giving ourselves kind of the space and the permission to choose for ourselves and just really honor what we feel. And so kind of bringing it back to the accessories thing, like I think once you kind of go through your wardrobe, you start to look at things differently and you will start to wear them differently too. And, And so people, start to tend to mix and match things that they wouldn't have done before which is great but also you do need not always but people because you can feel quite fragile and quite vulnerable when you go through this process because it does bring up a lot but and so it's nice to have some support to kind of allow yourself and help you build the trust back up in yourself mm. and to try new things as well. And because often the way we dress, we do it not consciously, but we, we might be dressing to kind of impress someone or actually to hide and stay in comfort. And all these kind of things you start to become more aware of and you'll begin to explore a new way, you know, your way in the world.
0: So, yeah, because that's almost for life, isn't it, really? You're discovering your way in the world, not compromising who you are, so it's it sounds like quite a psychological process that you're going through with people in their homes and in their wardrobes mm,
1: absolutely you know if I meet anyone and they ask me what I do, you know I'll say, I do wardrobing and styling and decluttering and an in interior design, but Truly what I'm being is like a counselor. I'm, I'm there to support someone to connect to who they truly are and help them, you know, rediscover that, have a look at why they may have chosen the things that they have and, and look at the patterns that, that tend to be there and then let go of those rediscover who they are and then kind of build the confidence to kind of go back out into the world as you.
0: Jenny what I've noticed you do really well is you don't impose your thoughts of what I should and shouldn't keep. Um, or what something looks like on me or doesn't. I mean, you have been very blunt and said, well, I'm really sorry, I don't normally comment, but that <laughs> really just makes, looks like a sack on you. And I was very happy hiding in it. But that was one thing out of probably over 400 things that we looked at, and, and we're talking about every single item, adding up to about 400. Um, yeah. But that's something that I've noticed you do, you don't impose your opinion you allow the space somehow for me to come to that myself
1: yeah absolutely and and i do work in a very different way because i have seen um in the different industries that i've worked in again like how we were talking at the beginning of the program about you know we're kind of tricked and and it's very easy for us to be manipulated into what we think we should wear, who? what we think we could look like, what we think our house should look like, and all these kind of images, these ideals, these beliefs. And to me, people are the most important thing. And whenever I meet someone, I meet them for who they are. And I want to get to know them, what makes them tick, you know, mm. what they love. And, and I don't want to be just another person who's telling them what looks good on them, what they could look like, because I, I've felt that for myself, and I I know that I went, for example, the example I gave earlier of when I worked in, in retail, and I had, you know, this kind of money allowance to wear lovely clothes, but I still, even when I looked good, or I was choosing the things I loved, I still didn't feel like me, and and that's not good enough for me. I want people to really embrace who they are and for them to feel incredible every time they wake up, every time they move around the house, every time they go to work, every time they interact with anybody. And that's so important to me, and that's what life, I feel, should be about. We're all living to our best, to our best potential, and sharing that with each other, like encouraging us to be more, to be more joyful, to be more playful, to be more loving with each other. And like you said, like, there are ripple effects from doing this. And if one person starts to move and dress for who they are, they feel so much more, and it's not about a kind of a bravado or a confidence, but it's just, you're much more at ease with yourself And when when you're at ease with yourself and you're appreciating yourself more and then you're appreciating what you're wearing more, then you'll be appreciating the people around you more. And And they can feel that and it will encourage them to do that for themselves. And that's the beauty of it. And so it wouldn't pay for me to go in and tell people, what to wear, what colors they should wear, you know, what their house should look like. I want to know how they move, you know, what works for them and and that's what's important. And it has taken me years and I've got here through work and through really developing myself. And so now I can intuitively really get a sense of the person and and that's why I hold them in that space. And it's not about me telling them, what to do and what not to do what to get rid of what not to get rid of that's that's their own choice and I'm there just to be a support and a guidance and I love that. That's a great starting point for everyone to kind of have a think about you know how they live and it is it is something you don't have to you know give up a whole chunk of time to do it you can just start in your home in your wardrobe and just observe what you're actually using and what parts of the house you're using and just observation is definitely a starting place because once you start to observe you become more aware and i I think that's that's key for everyone really and also one more thing (laughs) is just that it's the last thing people think of doing but actually it's such a solid foundation for people in their lives i would and the testimonials speak for themselves like the truly transformational process it has for people it it's incredible it's not a difficult um undertaking but it can truly support you which is which is incredible
0: yeah and and i think that's what i learned about it was that It seems such a simple thing to tidy up, to clear out, to see what you're using and what you're not using. But you, you mentioned something before about the ripple effect it has through the rest of your life. And it, you, you do become much more efficient in every aspect of your life when you start looking when you start clearing out the clutter, the backlog, the things that are weighing you down, we use all these words, and that's exactly what it feels like. Mm,
1: yeah, it's huge and it's fascinating too. And I absolutely love it. And I love working with people, that's what's really important to me. So I absolutely love my job, <laughs> and I feel very lucky.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much, Jenny.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: I've been talking to Jenny Hayes today about decluttering, clearing out the inside and the outside of our life. How do you see yourself? When you declutter, when you look around you, is it a reflection of what's inside, what's outside? Is your house a reflection of your body? My experience of decluttering in my life has been that as I have cleared out the things on the outside, it has definitely had an effect on the inside. There's, um, yeah, just be aware that you might end up finding that you physically clear out as well while you clear out the outside, always good to know. Um, But there is more flow. You see more flow. And therefore, actually, when you're working, when you're moving, there's more flow. And I think it's worth considering what we see is what we receive in our eyes you know our eyes don't do anything out they're not active they receive the picture that comes in and we receive angles so if the angles that we are see, that we see show a lack of order then that can affect how we view things as a lack of order and we might feel some anxiety because it's not going to be as supportive as we need it to be in order to be as efficient as we need to be there are some things that Jenny has said there that are really vital. Um, don't compare, don't measure um, what you're doing or compare it with how someone else has has done theirs. Um, I've been into homes where it just looks so amazing and then I walk back into my house and I think, oh, I don't have that kind of an eye. But their home is right for them and my home is right for me. I live in a house with five other people. It's not just my reality. It's five different people's realities. So, again, when you're looking to change things, always consider what supports everybody, not just what supports you. Look at the difference between tidy and uh, control and glamour. There is a very distinct difference. Um, Things that are ordered are ordered everywhere. They're not just ordered on the surface or they're not just ordered so that people can see. Again, the outside of the house might look amazing. The inside of the house might either be a mess or it might be full of control. It might be full of fear. It might be full of aggression, resentment. What are the relationships like? Are they cluttered or are they clear with each other? Is there flow between... Two people in a relationship, and you know, decluttering definitely affects relationships. No question, no question. So look where to start. I've come up with a short list, just a little list. Um, don't underestimate, first of all, the ripple effect on all of these things. Celebrate little wins. Celebrate them. Just smile to yourself if you haven't got anyone else to celebrate it with. I will often open my drawer and go look how beautifully I folded my shirts the last time I put them away or look I have started folding my underwear how lovely is that small wins and and they just make me they make me smile it's not for anyone else to go in my underwear drawer it's for me to look in my underwear drawer but oh boy oh boy is there a difference when I look in there and it's ordered and tidy, even colour-coordinated sometimes. I know. I love the idea of focusing more on what we have rather than what we've got rid of. It is quite cool watching the bags gather and taking them out and offering them somewhere else. But just consider then walking back into your home and appreciating the things that you kept that you kept because they were awesome and they're amazing and they're loved by you. So areas that you can start and again please don't underestimate any of these and please don't give up partway through. It's going to get a bit messy before it gets tidy and that is okay. So some people start with the laundry cupboard where the towels and the sheets are stored. I think it's worth considering what you avoid putting on your bed and what you really want to put on your bed. If you've got sheets that you avoid... <clears throat> excuse me. If you've got sheets that you avoid putting on your bed, does anybody else put them on their bed? If no one does, put them in the recycling. Offer them to someone else. In the, um, with the towels, how many do you actually use? Do you have a bathroom towel? you have a spare bathroom towel? And then you have a, a beach towel? Um, I don't know your swimming towel are they the same really actually consider what you what you really need and what you use it isn't some. It, you know I certainly did not have enough money to go out and replace sometimes you've got to hold on to things until you know you want to replace them but it's actually on your list of what you're saving for and That's a good clear out to do in your finances. You start looking at your finances and seeing, you know, how you can order them in a way that you can start saving for things around the house that need replacing, like your sheets, like your towels, like things in the kitchen. If you think about how often the think about the spaces you use most often, I would start with those spaces. So I did my desk yesterday. I had a lot to do, and I didn't do it because I ordered my desk. But when I did get round to doing it, and my desk and the uh, my intro was ordered, I knew exactly what I needed to do in the immediate in the short term and in the long term. And I could prioritize accordingly. And actually, I got things done a lot quicker. What I found was that in my head, I stopped feeling like I was delayed or behind or late or in trouble with myself. No one else was in trouble. I wasn't in trouble with anyone else. I was in trouble with myself feeling the delay. And when you Put a focus on an area. Sometimes you do feel that delay, and that can put you off even starting because you feel the overwhelm and the guilt and the shame of the delay. Um, I'm saying all these things; they seem like dramatic words, but that those are what I felt, and that's what stopped me starting. So I'm sharing it with you, so that if you can drop yourself enough into your body to feel it, you won't react to it. Also, top tip. Pay attention where you start feeling it and you want to go to a pattern of behavior like eating to not feel it or when you create the space in the room, do you automatically go and have some food then to reward yourself with creating space in the room? I did that. I created this beautiful space and then I went and ate something and I wonder now whether I ate something because I needed to handle or cloud what I had created in the room. Again, none. You may want you might want to just do it on a much more surface level than this. But I'm sharing because if you do want to see change in your life, these are ways you can do it. That are little things that you can do when you've got time. So start maybe in the kitchen. One, just doing the work surfaces and just checking that the angles that you've got out, all the things that you've got out are ones that are pleasing to you, that you would like out. Um, then have a look at where you can put things away or where you have put things away, and do one draw at a time. Put it in the diary, make it a dedicated few hours, I would say two hours that you can do. If you've only got five minutes, do the cutlery draw. If you've only got you know half an hour, um, find a draw that's just half an hour's worth. But do it, do it well, start well. Where is your recycling going to go? Where's the stuff that's going to go in the bin? And where's the stuff that's going to go to charity? Have three different piles. And then you've got the stuff that you put in to keep and maybe clean the the drawer before you put it back so you're doing a proper deep, deep spring clean as you go along. If you're office-based and you've got some time um, in your office, what about clearing out your emails? Even if you put them in an archive and then just go through for half an hour each day um, schedule in half an hour to go through your emails, you'd be amazed at what you, what you, you know, how that clears out and actually quite quickly and how different it feels in your communication and your expression. Unsubscribe yourself to lists that you actually haven't read for such a long time and actually you know where they are you can go and find them if you want them put them in your saved box for the websites um, as opposed to necessarily your um, coming in your email have a look at the folders on your desktop on your computer is it cluttered unclutter it put them in folders so that they are looking so you know what they are and what they're pertaining to have a look at the documents. Do you have lots of different versions? Do you actually only need the first version? And could you put the old versions in a folder that says old versions? Can you see these are all little things, but they they help order the thoughts in your head. They help order your mind. They help order your body. And then you have more space and freedom to do other things and to consider Um, how you deal with other things that become problems, they become, okay, they become manageable. They become, I can do that. I can feel the support and the space and grace that that I have created for me with the support of, well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at the support that's there. Next week's show is going to, um, it's going to be a man's show. We are going to talk about toxic masculinity about the images that men live up to that are toxic to their physical and their mental health. I have got um, a beautiful woman flying in from up north. A, a, a psych- Actually, I can't say she's a psychologist because I, because I don't know if she's a psychologist. I think she's a psychotherapist. Anyway, more on that next week. Um, you're just going to have to listen to find out about it. Toxic masculinity. Tune in. You can tune in live at 8.30 on Triple H 100.1 FM or listen later in the day via the Stay in the Loop with Lucy podcast, wherever you get them. Don't forget that I'm on iTunes, Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher and TuneIn. Feel free to leave comments and messages and um, let me know if there are some shows you'd like me to cover. It's always pertinent at the end of these shows because it will, well, it may bring stuff up that you are and always will be you and in your absolute inner essence, you're amazing and outside you're amazing. You just got to walk that amazingness, move that amazingness and give space for that amazingness to shine through. Reconnect with that space and learn to build a relationship with your body that holds that essence and recognize when your body's trying to tell you something's not quite right. We always give examples of that in this show. And that can be physical or it can be mental health. By listening and responding, we build tools to address what we don't yet feel equipped to manage. And by going into the community and finding resources that other people have used and other people are offering, then we can actually work as a community and not feel so isolated and as an individual. Don't wait for life to come to you. Take yourself to life and be the change you want to see. Till next week's show, be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy.